Okay. So this is Tuesday's portion of Lech Lecha. So we are continuing here the journeys of Abraham, of Abraham, and he has just left Egypt. We had the whole encounter with Pharaoh, taking Sarah, and the miraculous release, and now they've left laden with many, many possessions, many gifts from Pharaoh. The verse continues. We're in here, chapter 13, verse 5. And Lot, Lot was Abraham's nephew and the brother of Sarah and the nephew of Abraham, and he was traveling with them. So also Lot, who went with Abraham, at this point he is not yet Abraham, Avraham, he's still Avram, Abraham. Also Lot, who went with Abraham, had flocks and cattle and tents. So Rashi explains, the verse specifies who went with Abraham, which is obvious because the reason he had all these possessions is his going with Abraham. Meaning the same way Pharaoh gifted Abraham with these presents, also Lot had these presents. And the land could not support them dwelling together, for their possessions were abundant and they were unable to dwell together. Now the land could not support them. Rashi says this means there wasn't a pasture. And the reason why Rashi is commenting this is because this is a masculine version of the word. It could not support them in the masculine, and land is feminine. Therefore, Rashi is explaining that the it here means the pasture, which is masculine. And that's why the grammar is correct. And there was quarreling between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. And the Canaanim and Prism were then dwelling in the land. So the quarreling was, Rashi explains, because Lot's shepherds were wicked and they would graze their cattle in the fields of others. And Abram's shepherds are rebuking them over the stealing. And Lot's shepherds said, listen, all this land has been given to Abram. He doesn't have any children. Lot is his nephew. He's going to inherit him, so he's going to get all this land. We're not stealing because the land ultimately is going to be Lot's. Which is why Rashi explains that the verse ends that the Canaanite and the Prefect were then dwelling in the land, meaning even though, yes, ultimately land is going to be Abraham's, but at this point it's not. At this point you're still stealing. So Abraham said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between me and you and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are men who are brothers. So Rashi says, What mean brothers? They weren't brothers. Abraham is Lot's uncle. So Rashi explains in two ways. One is with relatives. Like with relatives, we don't want to argue. The second explanation Rashi gives is brothers, meaning they look so similar, they look like brothers. So the first explanation we understand. You know, we're relatives, we don't want to argue. But what's the significance of the second explanation? We look so much similar, we could be brothers. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Explained, in other words, Lot, your herdsmen are stealing. You look just like me. You're going to be with your flocks and your herdsmen, and people will think I'm stealing. So that's why we have to separate, because I can't so disgrace God's name to be confused with you and being thought of stealing. Is not all the land before you. Please separate from me. If to the left, then I'll go to the right. And if to the right, then I'll go to the left. So Rashi explains that this seems to be saying, like, we're going two separate directions, but that's not actually what Abraham meant. He was saying, wherever you dwell, I'm not going to distance myself too far. I'll always be around as your protector, which, of course, is what happened in the end, because when Lot, who was in stone, was taken captive, 
Abraham, who was told, ran with his servants and fought and saved him and released him. Abraham's saying, I'm not going too far from him. I'll be there to support you. And then Rosh explains, I'll go to the right, is meant literally, I will right myself. Just as I'll go to the left, we'll translate literally as I will lust myself. The Lord raised his eyes and saw the entire plain of the Jordan, and it was all watering before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of God, like the land of Egypt, reaching Tzohar. So it was all watering, meaning it was a land of streams of water, which of course was very unusual in Israel. Before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, meaning before God destroyed them, this plain was like the garden of God with regard to trees and like the land of Egypt with regard to seeds until Tsar. So on one hand, simply that means this plain reached until Tsar. And in a deeper explanation, this is a reference to them being stooped in lewdness. That because they were so immoral, that's why Lot chose to dwell in this place. In other words, the Talmud learns this out because it draws parallel between the wording of this verse and other verses which deal with sexual immorality and therefore we see a parallel version. In other words, that this, this is ultimately a reference to their immorality, which is on a simple level, Lot wants to live here because it's a very rich land with lots of water, which makes it very good for pasture. But on another level, he wanted to live there because the people were very immoral and he wanted to be like them. Others say that actually previously, when the land is compared to the land of Egypt, that's additionally or also a reference to immorality because, of course, Egypt is known for sexual immorality. So this characteristic of Egypt is compared to this land, meaning it also had that same characteristic. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed from the east, and they parted each man from his brother. The Hebrew word Kikara should translate as the plain, as Uncleus does. It says from the east, meaning he journeyed from Abram, going from east to west. That's when he went from the east to the west. He went toward Abraham's west. And on a deeper level, he traveled away east, meaning the idea of the forerunner. East is a reference to God, meaning he didn't only travel physically, but spiritually, he's saying, I'm traveling from Abraham and I'm traveling from his God. I don't want to be part of either of them. So Kedem, which is a Hebrew word, means east, but Kedem also means from the one who is of old. And it's alluding to God who preceded the existence of the world. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, while Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched tent as far as the dome. So this means that Lot pitched the tents for his shepherds and for his livestock as far as the dome. Now we'll talk about Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and sinful to God exceedingly. So the verse says, on one hand, why suddenly are we talking about Sodom? This isn't the place in the Chumash where Sodom is destroyed. That's much later. 
So on one level, we're giving commentary on what Lot just did. And even though the people of Stone are so wicked, Lot went to live with them. He didn't hold back from living with them. It was very public knowledge how wicked they were. On a deeper level, our rabbis are saying that we learn from here that the name of the wicked shall rot. Meaning that if you meant, just like we learned before in the beginning of Noah, that whenever you mention a tzaddik, a saintly person, you praise him. So we're learning here, we're talking to people of Sodom, that whenever you mention wicked people, you speak of their wickedness. Meaning, this concept, the name of the wicked shall rot, is actually a, a verse in Proverbs. And what the verse means there is that the name should fade into oblivion. But the rabbis, based on our verse, say there's another mention, there's another meaning implicit in the verse, the name of the wicked shall rot, which is that whenever we mention the wicked, we should mention them in this condemning fashion. So the verse used two words, wicked and sinful. So Rashi said wicked with their bodies and sinful with their properties, meaning wicked is, is an inherent corruption. They were degenerated throughout their bodies with all their bodily sin. And sinful is an additional way. So in ways that don't directly relate to their bodies, they were sinful with their property. Now to God exceedingly, what do you mean to God? Obviously they're being wicked and sinful to God. So what do we need the words to God for? So it means they were wicked and sinful toward God, meaning their sins were conscious acts of rebellion. They knew God or rebelled against him. It wasn't that they acted in this way obliviously or not aware of the ramifications of their actions. They knew God, they knew God doesn't let, and they knowingly behaved in this fashion. God said to Abram, after the Lord had parted from him, raise down your eyes and look out from where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. Rashi says, why does the verse say specifically after Lot had parted? Because whenever Lot, who was wicked, was with him, the speech of God was separate from him. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean that God never spoke to Abram, because he did, but more in a more brief fashion when he was in Lot's company. For all the land that you see, to you will I give it, and to your descendants forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, then your offspring too can be counted. Meaning, just as it's impossible to count the dust, it will be impossible to count the Jewish people. Arise, walk about the land through its length and breadth, for to you will I give it. Nabram pitched tent and came and dwelled in the plains of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and he built there an altar to God. Mamre is the name of a person, later we see again mentioned as one of the colleagues of Abraham.